This episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there's no middleman. Podcasters of all audience sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on one platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly. I first heard about Podcorn listening to a podcast late last year, and our podcast was not up and going yet, but as soon as we published our first episode, the first place I went was to podcorn.com to check them out. And I like looking at their website. Pretty much every week they have new sponsorship opportunities available, so it's a nice place thing to go check out. But this, the first time that I applied for it, I got it, and I've applied a couple more times and gotten some different ones. So if you have a podcast or are thinking about starting a podcast, then I want to encourage you to visit their website at podcorn.com. Natalie, where should they go? Go to podcorn.com. Check so, them out, guys. So not popcorn. Not but, popcorn. But podcorn. Like a, like a podcast. I think you guys are following. <laughs> yes, yes. Check podcorn.com out. Again, it's, it's an excellent service, and I go there pretty much weekly. But anyways, welcome to Force of Light Entertainment where we talk all things Star Wars, DC, and Marvel, and anything that excites us. I am your host, Michelle. And we mean anything. Yeah, pretty much anything. <laughs> We've talked Frozen to what we'll be discussing today. I'm your host, Michelle, and with me is my co-host, my sister, Natalie. Hello, everyone. This is episode 30, believe it or not. Wow. And if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, we encourage you to do that, and if you would please give us a five-star rating and write us an incredible, awesome review. That would be awesome. We, we do appreciate that. Yes, we do. And we want to give a quick shout-out to the guys at the Scarif Podcast for having us on their show Thursday. Yes, that was, that was a lot of fun. Yes, we have a very interesting conversation about prophecy, fate versus free will, and redemption in Star Wars. So if you've not checked that out then we encourage you to check them out on the Scarif podcast, either on their YouTube channel or listen on their podcast. And I know they're on, on pretty much all major podcast platforms just like we are. So so check them out. Yeah, great guys, and I, I highly recommend. I think you'll really enjoy them. Yes, yes. So check that out. And now we'll get into... To, and thanks, guys, for having us, too. Yes. Yeah, that was awesome. We appreciate it. Well, today we are going to be discussing the movie... The Dark Knight. And I have to say that this is one of those movies that it makes it kind of, it makes me feel, I appreciate this movie so much that it feels like it's going to be hard to do it justice when discussing it because of how much I think this movie is incredible. But we are going to try. So join the conversation and let's talk some Dark Knight. All right. So, Natalie, let's give some initial thoughts, and you can do initial thoughts, uh, you know, just kind of your initial thoughts after rewatching the movie or when you first saw it in theaters, because I can remember first seeing it in theaters. Yeah, I'm going to go back to when I first saw it in theaters. Okay, so what year was that? Was it 2008? 2008. It was summer 2008. 2008. It's over 10 years ago. Okay, so I was like 21, um, and um, I remember... I think you were 22. Oh, was I 22 or maybe I'd turn 22? Yeah. And because uh, I turned 20 in 2007. Anyway, so. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're 21. 21 I don't, or I don't 22. know how old you were. <laughs> it's fine. I was in my early 20s. Let's put it that way. But I really enjoyed it uh, so much so that 
I took, I remember I took a friend to see it, just the two of us, uh, because I'd really liked it. And Michelle knows, and I think I've made it clear to some of you guys, like I'm not always the biggest comic person, but I think that's the thing about this movie is it's not your typical comic movie. And I think that's what kind of drew me in, you know, and the amazing performance by Heath Ledger as the Joker. Um, I think pretty much everybody agrees about that at this point. It was an amazing performance. And just, yeah, even if you don't appreciate the movie, you have to acknowledge his performance. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. Um, and so, yeah, I was a big fan of the movie. And then I just, it's been years, and I rewatched it with Michelle the other night. So that was fun to get to see it after all these years. Well, I remember, okay, I saw this movie four times in theaters. So obviously, I loved it. And it was one of those I knew I loved the moment I walked out of it the first time, I remember how terrifying the Joker, they made the Joker seem the first time. Like when he would grab people by the face with his knife, you were kind of on the, <gasps> because you didn't know like how far are they going to take this. So I was just very intrigued and thought it was a masterpiece. I remember as soon as it came out on DVD, I bought it and got my parents to sit down and watch it with me. I don't think they really thought it was the masterpiece <laughs> I thought it was, but... But that, that's how much I, I really loved this movie when it came out. And, you know, over 10 years later, to me, Natalie and I watched it this past week, this movie just still, it still holds up. Right. Like, it's still, this movie is one of my favorite comic movies of all time. And, and I know some people, it's not that way. They don't love this movie as much. Some true, you know, some of the comic fans don't feel that way. And, that, okay. and that's fine. Yeah. But it is, it is my favorite. In fact, Wonder Woman was the first movie that, like, it's still not this movie to me, but it was the first time in a long time it was like, oh, something at least shot close to The, the Dark Knight to yeah, me. Yeah, like, you're, there's kind of something special about those. Yes. Where The Dark Knight, uh, and, I, and that's what some people didn't probably like about it as much. I really enjoy... And I can I really can appreciate Marvel, and I go see all the Marvel movies typically when they come out, and, and they're totally separate things. So there's no right or wrong right. In, in how they go about their movies. But they are very different. Very different. And like this movie was truly, it's truly grounded. It's dark. It's gritty. Like the tone is much more serious. And I just really appreciate that. In fact, it's taken years later for me to truly begin to appreciate the Marvel movies more because every time one would come out, I found myself comparing. And none of them could compare, in my opinion, to The Dark Knight. So it was kind of a... It's really kind of an unfair comparison because they're so different. Right. But um, I just find... I I absolutely love this movie. But it kind of leads to the question... Do all DC movies need to be like this? And I would say no. I agree. Yeah, I, I was going to say that too. I promise I don't always agree with Michelle, so trust us. We know this. Yeah, we you know, know this. We don't always agree. <laughs> but yeah, no, they don't all have to be that way. I mean, that was kind of a different special thing. And, it was. And you know, there's kind of room for all kinds of different stuff. Yes, there is. And I, and I like, um, but to me, if you're going to go darker and gritty... Batman is the character to do it with because Gotham is this dark, dirty, villainous city, 
And Batman, it's just the character to pick it with. You know, Superman doesn't have to be dark and gritty. It's Superman. He can be a little more cheesy if you want him to be cheesy. I see Superman, just just an impression. It's like clean and all-American. Yeah, kind of, it's the Captain America of DC. Right, yeah. You know, both of each other kind of mirror each other. And Wonder Woman to me, we'll, we'll discuss Wonder Woman in one of the weeks to come. It kind of found a healthy balance of there was still this kind of dark, uh, not dark, but kind of real life feel. Yeah. Yet it still had a little more comic uh, feeling to it at the same time. I right. don't know. I think they found a healthy balance. And I think DC's kind of found a healthy balance in what they want. But for this trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, I think this tone just really, really works. And I think for you, it's kind of the gold standard. It, this is this is totally my gold standard. It, I mean, it totally is in every way because Christopher Nolan, of course, he's the director of this movie, and his cinematography throughout every shot of this movie is stunning. It is. I mean, the the way he gets the shots, even the opening shot of the Chicago skyscrapers, and just as the camera begins to zoom in, and I mean, everything about this is just shot incredible. And I really love, and it, I probably said this on the podcast, I'm not sure, I really appreciate, because I like things to feel, I like things to feel more real. Yeah. And be, when things are shot on on location, that helps me. That helps me engage with the movie. Yes. If I can sense that they're in a room with surrounded by green screens, it takes me out of the movie. Yeah. Like, that's how I, I am. Like I need, I need that realness to feel connected, and this whole movie is shot. I mean, I'm sure there were there were sets in this movie with some of the things, but so much of this movie is just shot throughout the city of Chicago, and it, you know, it's stunning because Chicago is yes. a beautiful city, and then just the practical effects, because that's another thing. I like, uh, I can really appreciate good fighting in a movie. But if it's just like, if I just know they created all this fighting, it's CGI fighting, you lose me again. Right. And there's really like no CGI in this movie. It's all practical effects. Yeah. I mean, even down to the big scene where uh, Joker's trying to, uh, you know, in the streets of Gotham or Chicago, but in the streets of Gotham and he's trying to stop Harvey Dent's, uh, you know, he's going to take him to the jail at that point. That whole scene... And, and where Batman blows up that the truck and the truck totally flips over. I mean, yeah, everything cool. is, it's practical. Like, it that's is. a real truck that got blown up, you know, over. I mean, it's just, they really took their time to make this movie feel real. And, and it does. And I just, that helps me connect to a movie. And that's one of the reasons I think I love this movie as much as I do. Yeah. And on top of the... This is one of these I'm going to have to watch because it's one of those movies like when we were talking about Star Wars where I could say, I love, I love, I love. Because I truly do, like she said, this movie to me is the gold standard of comic book movies. If you want Michelle Smith to, if you really want me to be truly engaged, this is it. Well, and it is a comic, but it's also kind of a drama and it, an action. So well, that's I, what, I don't look at it just as a comic. Well, that's what they approached it as a crime drama. And if you that look at sense. if you look at crime dramas, this really is a crime drama that so happens to have comic book characters in it. Yes. And that's kind of like how the new Joker movie is a drama that happens to have a comic book character in it. Yes. But this one is more a crime drama that has these characters in it. 
And something else, because I think you guys are starting to get that I really do appreciate a good movie score. Something else that makes this movie oh, so, so excellent is Hans Zimmer's score. Even just the very first shot as the movie opens, and it's like a violin note that he hits, and he just lets it drag out. And if you if you look it up, I'm sure it's on YouTube or on definitely on Apple Music. But Hans Zimmer, why so serious? That's the yeah. all the music surrounding the Joker. It is just incredible, and it so adds to the, to the intensity of this movie. And to this feeling of chaos sometimes. He captures it so well through music. It does. And I, I couldn't, like, I, I wish I could have, for some reason we were watching it in there, it was like I couldn't hear it quite as well as, you know, as you can in a theater, of course. But it is. It's like this intensity just grows. Like you said, that note that just drags on. And it's like to the point, almost like you think, like, you know, an explosion or something. It Well, it drags. Emotionally. The way he drags on that one note, it almost, it makes you feel like you're going insane. Yeah. Like, like it truly does. But and in the best way possible. <laughs> like, I, I literally had it turned on today. There's been times I've gone on the treadmill and turned this, this on. Because it's so good. The music is just incredible and just so adds to this movie. But I mean, they couldn't have picked better music or made better music yes. to go in those Joker scenes. And even Batman's music is great. Yeah. I mean, all of the music is just absolutely excellent. So you've got incredible. We're listing off why this movie's incredible. You've got an incredible. <laughs> one, the script's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's truly well written. I mean, the dialogue, everything is well written. I will say that sometimes I laugh when Batman talks. Oh, yeah. She'll just give me a line. Just. Just give me a line and I'll say it. He's like, I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm really hungry. I want some soup. Well, it's because, like, he's got to, he has to hide I, his I voice. Get, yeah, yeah, it's he silly. He wants to lower his voice. So, it's, it, it you is. know, I mean, we all know the super, the Clark Kent, Batman, you're kind of like, does nobody figure it out? Yeah, so he's got to do something with you know, his so voice. So I guess that is, uh, at least he's trying. <laughs> Unless you go back to the, the last Batman before this series started, which at that point was just a joke, and you get you get uh, George Clooney, hi, I'm Batman. Like, it's just, it was like, thanks for the effort, George. <laughs> right. So, so uh, he at least gives a very good effort on his hiding his voice. But it is, it is I'm Batman. It's very, it's very deep. And Christian Bale is a great actor. Yeah, and I I really like him as Batman. Yes, Christian Bale. I mean, to me, he's my favorite Batman at this point because this is my favorite Batman series. And I have to say, Batman growing up as a '90s kid was definitely my favorite superhero because that's who we had. We had the Batman movies. And anybody that's seen American Psycho knows that Christian Bale knows how to play serious. Yeah, he he's he's a great actor. And, you know, so moving on, so you've got this incredible director, great script, great music behind it. And let's just, start, we're not going to go scene by scene, but I will say the opening scene just begins to set this movie. The, I think this is one of the greatest opening scenes in any movie. Like the, the beginning, yeah. like I said, that beginning shot of, of Chicago and then them shooting across zip lining across this to this building and then you see the Joker on the down on the sidewalk at, at you know at walking level and him holding this mask and he gets in the car this whole scene and the scene without him talking re- begins to reveal so much about the Joker because you see yes. how calculated he is like he has played all of these people so well 
and right. literally has them killing each other off so he can so he gets all the money. Yes. I mean it's just you see his calculation and then at the very end of the scene you finally see, or you also see too how little he cares about people. Like the, exactly, like when the bank guy comes out shooting and the guy with him goes, "He's out, right?" Like out of bullets, he yeah. he just like gives a look, like sure, yeah, he's out because he doesn't care. Right. And then he see that guy gets shot because the guy wasn't out. And of course, Joker doesn't care. Um, but you just see, and then we he finally at the very end takes off his mask. And you see the Joker in that first moment, which we all, when this came out, were so curious because people really fussed when Heath Ledger was cast because no one could see him being that role. And yeah, and I could see that people. Yes, and my gosh, I mean Heath Ledger just transformed into this character. (laughs) Yes, I mean he just did incredible. I mean I think he really was what. Uh, you know, now it, it frightens me a little bit. I'm like, why was I attracted to that so much? But I think it's just, it's not It's that, talent. Yeah, it's just talent. And the feeling of, like Michelle said, and we've mentioned the feeling of chaos he was able to emulate. You know, you just felt it watching the movie. It was just so interesting to see someone be able to bring that to a character and to a movie and for you to feel it as the viewer. Um, just such his mannerisms, the way uh, he t- he vo- his voice, the way he talked, the way he do his mouth, his tongue while he was talking. I mean, it was just amazing what he brought to that character. Yes, and again, back to how calculated he is. Literally, he pull he has it timed to where he pulls out in a school bus right as the other school buses are going by, to where then he blends in and just floats <laughs> away, basically at the other school buses. I mean, he's just so calculated. And we'll get back to the Joker in a minute. And then I also really appreciate Batman's opening scene where there's the false Batman kind of coming out against these these mob people. And then, of course, Batman shows up. As and the I, li- I liked that. I liked the use of the decoy Batman. I thought that was fun. Well, and, you know, he didn't want them to do that. People just began, because he'd become kind of a hero, people began trying to do what he did. Yeah. And I, that was a, a great opening scene. Again, what I, this whole movie is just so many great scenes. There's not like a bad scene in this movie, and I'll move in because we'll we'll begin to discuss just kind of Heath Ledger's Joker. You you truly then so you get a glimpse of him at that opening scene, but then you truly get to to know and get to see this this character when he walks in, interrupts all the mob guys having their their secret conversation. Yes. And even just the way you hear him laughing as he enters, ha, 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 you know, just his laugh, everything about it. Well, and I think about the Joker, too. Not only, you know, does he have no morals, he doesn't really care about anybody, um, you know, which obviously is dangerous in itself for a person when they get to that point, you know, and I think it's showing that. But he's, like, really funny. He is funny. I, I mean, it's like he'll do something horrible, and then you can't help yourself but, like, you know, chuckling or laughing a minute later when just the way he delivers a line or gives somebody a look or something. I mean, he's, he's a funny character. Well, he is, and he gives, like, little silly uh, classic, like, you know, when he has, when the guy comes at him at the end of the scene, don't blow your... or whatever. He, he does these little silly puns yeah. that are just ridiculous, <laughs> but, but work in this movie. And he just, you're, I think the whole time you watch him, you're just fascinated. You literally, yes. you, he's mesmerizing he as this role. Like, you can't take your eyes off of him. And I'd felt this way for so long, but of course, with the new Joker coming out, and he was, Joaquin Phoenix was so great in this role of what he did, 
it took us going back and rewatching this and all over again, it was like, oh my gosh, Heath Ledger was so good. Yeah. <laughs> like just, I mean, both of them, of course, won uh, an Oscar for their role. As they should have. They yeah. should have, which is pretty incredible that a person, two people have won an Oscar for a comic movie over one character. And they did it totally differently. Totally different. They're both amazing in their own right. Yes, where this one I think is truly more... Feels more like truly a comic character. And, yes. and I don't mean that in a negative way. This role, I mean, he's incredible. Like, this to me truly is the Joker. Yeah, like you're not getting the background. They're not setting up a background or kind of why he is the way he is. And and I thought they were there for a second because I couldn't remember when he says, he goes into that story about how he got the scars on his face. And he said, you know, when my father came home and he was really angry or something like that. So I'm like, okay, now they're giving a little explanation as no. to like... Yeah, and then, you know, like 30 minutes later, he's telling a different story. <laughs> so you realize he's just, uh, you know, he just comes up with stuff on the spot. We don't really know that well, Joker and what people, his life had been. And that was one of the things people were nervous about with this new Joker movie is people have not known his origin. And that's what makes him so intriguing. Yes. Is, is you just don't know what has caused this. And so Heath Ledger's Joker, I mean, we could just kind of go on. Pretty much every scene that Heath Ledger is in, he steals the scene. He does. And they're all incredible. I mean, every scene from him coming into Bruce Wayne's house to just, I mean, every scene he's in, it's just truly incredible and humorous and terrifying (laughs) and every adjective you can use all at the same time. So is there anything else you want to say about... Old Heath Ledger's character. I think that pretty much covers it. Yes. And so, so Batman, I think, you know, something else interesting to me, there's a lot of kind of firsts in this movie because in the first one of this trilogy, Wayne Manor, Wayne Manor is, is ruined. So Batman is not at the famous Wayne Manor, but he's just like in a That's penthouse true. suite yeah. in Chicago. That's so, right. That very cold... Large apartment. Yeah, it really does feel like an office. <laughs> it does. I mean, his bedroom is just in the middle of nothing. I'm like, where are the cubicles? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's truly, I mean, it's cool, but it's cold. <laughs> like, I, I think I, it would have to be remodeled for me to live there. Right. So you've got that, and then you also have the new Batcave, because he's not at Wayne Manor, so there's no classic Batcave. He just has that underground, all-white. Also very cold. Yes, also very cold and modern. Kind of a modern vibe, both of them. And so, so I thought that was kind of interesting. And some people, I think, don't necessarily love it. I truly love the Batmobile in this trilogy. How it's yeah. pretty much like a tank. I think, it, it yet again, it adds to, you really buy into how he gets all this technology. Right. So I really appreciate that and really enjoy that throughout this whole trilogy. What's not to like? I don't know. Well, some people, I mean, there's some people who don't like anything. There's some people who fuss, That's about, true. Who fuss about Baby Yoda. So I was just curious. Yeah, it's just, it's just how life is. But I really appreciate it. And I actually love even the bat cycle that you get in this yeah, one. Eventually yeah, when his car messes up and he is on the motorcycle. I think that's it works. It's really cool. And then we'll kind of move into another big character in this is Harvey Dent slash Two-Faced. Yes. Played by Aaron uh, Lockhart, Eckhart, Eckhart, I believe. I think so. And... He does a great job. He does. And he truly does have to play two roles in this movie. Yeah. And it's transformation. He does have a he does have a big transformation. 
And it, it, he, he does a great job. It's interesting to see him become Two-Face, starting out as this, like, this very moral, wanting to do right. Do-gooder. Yeah, do-good. Uh, attorney General, I believe is what he is, or one who's, yeah. And so, so he does a great job. But anyways, I think what is so interesting about this movie and about this villain is, like, Joker, what, why is Joker doing all, all that Joker is doing? And to me, Gotham also is kind of its own character in this movie. Yeah. And Joker is trying to break the spirit of Batman and Gotham. Like, it's not like he's trying to kill him or trying right. to do that. Like, he's, this is truly... And I think at one point he really says, like, he doesn't want to kill him. He has yeah. no wish to kill him. Like, you know, that's like a cat and mouse game. Like, he wants him to, to be there. Yeah. like he, it's not fun for him. He literally he literally copies Jerry Maguire, you complete me. He says that to him at one point. And, yes, so it, it truly is about a battle of ideal... Why can't I ever say that word? Ideology? I, I did. Ideology? I, I, yeah, there we go. I stumble. Ideology. That's what I'm here for, Shelly. Yes. And, and it is... Joker is trying to break people's spirits, to break the spirit... Basically, it's kind of of humanity, really, yeah. is what the bigger picture that's getting here. And break down morals. Yes. and that, uh, That's what I'm saying, by breaking yeah. their spirit, breaking them as a person. And showing you that everyone is actually like him. And just out for themselves. Yes. Doesn't really care about others. And is it good and will so easily be bad. Like, that is the point. And he is successful. Pretty much you get Batman and then you get Harvey Dent. And you see with, with Harvey Dent... He yeah, had two different paths to take. Yes. With Harvey Dent... Okay, before Harvey Dent, in that incredible chase scene throughout the streets of Chicago... Eventually, he goes down the middle of the street and is literally saying, come on, hit me, to, to Batman. Yeah. Because he wants Batman to run him over. Why? Because he wants Batman to break his rule. And his rule is he will not kill. And Joker is only about breaking people's spirit, breaking them from their moral compass and making them go down a path that is not good and showing that any person, when pushed enough, will do this. So he's literally, well, actually, he said, he tells Batman he, he did it disappoint because he knew he wasn't going to run him over when he eventually talks to him in the interrogation. And so with Batman, he does not break him. Even at the end, Batman will not kill the Joker. Right. Even when he's falling over, Batman easily could have let him fall down to his death, but he shoots down and, and pulls him back up with a, with a cord. And so Batman is this image of he will not be broken. His spirit can't be broken by this crazy figure. Where Harvey Dent, on the other hand, goes from being this guy, they call him the White Knight of Gotham. Let's just say when life handed him lemons, he did not make lemonade. He, he does not make lemonade. And, of course, he, after Rachel, his, well, I guess fiance in the final moments, is blown up by the Joker. Uh, we do mean the final moments. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she hadn't committed up until that. Yeah, she she waited to the last. She's second. like, what the heck? Yeah, might as well. I'm about to die, so I'll marry you. It was very romantic, and um, so when when that happens, and his face, half of his face is is sadly, tragically burned off. Yeah, we see that the Joker wins with Harvey Dent. He breaks Harvey Dent, and Harvey Dent. His first conversation with Gordon, how fast that rage comes out at Gordon. Yes. Like you see 
this is not the same man anymore. It just took this one horrific, and it was horrific what yeah. he went through, but it takes this one thing, and all of a sudden he broke the Joker broke his spirit. And Natalie, you were going to read because there I find the Joker and Harvey Dent's conversation. I find it to to be so it just so telling of what this movie's really getting at. So Natalie, I think Natalie has a quote that right. I, I really loved from that's from the interrogation scene. Yeah. So so when I was rewatching, I'd remember this a little bit from seeing it years ago originally. But uh, when when they're in that scene and to or me, not not the, sorry not the interrogation scene, Joker has disguised himself as a nurse and he's talking to Harvey Dent. In the hospital. Uh, actually, I think here, I think he's talking to Batman. Oh, you've got him in the, hold on, hold on, where, where is it? Just read it and yeah. I'll tell you where it is. So I'm pretty sure he's saying this to Batman. To them, you're just a freak like me. Oh, yes. They need you right now, but when when they don't, they'll cast you out like a leper. You see their morals, their code. It's a bad joke. Dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these civilized people, they'll, they'll eat, eat each other. Oh, yeah. They'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. Okay, and I want to... So let's back up. And, and that's his truth. Yes. He let, believes that. Let's back up. Because this whole movie... How, talk about interesting how a big comic movie, this big blockbuster movie, it builds up to this epic showdown of a conversation between the Batman and Joker in an interrogation room when they are sitting there discussing, and he says that to him, And that's what this movie, to me, it actually is very relevant. I said this, I believe, when, I was, when we were on with Scarf Podcast at the very end. It, to me, it's relevant to even how this, this year's gone. Yeah. Because you see, someone actually made a cut. I'm sure you guys saw it if you're on Twitter. Or it's probably on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. But they broke down right as the pandemic broke loose. And they, they chopped up a, a little video of Joker saying this. Yeah. When the chips are down, they'll they'll eat each other. And it showed people fighting, over punching people paper. over toilet paper. And I remember tweeting out, don't be the person the Joker believes you to be. You know, and you'd see two, like, 65-year-old women that you would never normally imagine. Yes. And they're, like, going at it over a roll of toilet paper. And it was just sad because with every, with the chaos, because we felt out of control, as Joker gets with Harvey Dent, when people feel out of control and there's chaos. And they're scared. He, and they're scared. People's morals go out the window. Right. They and, behave in ways they, they wouldn't normally. Yeah. And it, that video was so, like, I remember sending it to different people in my family because it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is truly like the Joker he had some truth in what, oh, yeah. in what he was saying and and that's what this movie's fighting about and, and that's what this movie to me has such a deeper meaning that it makes it so stand the test of time right because all throughout time people are the same yeah so, so it works right society changes very little yeah but people really don't change that much no they really don't it, yeah throughout history they just really don't and as much as we think we evolve, you look back, we do much of the same stuff that they did all throughout history. Like, that's just how it is. But yes, that whole that whole conversation is incredible. And then the conversation, I think, he continues to... to there's another great conversation with Harvey Dent and the Joker. Yes. And um, he, he begins to talk to him basically about how... People don't mind if people get murdered, if it's controlled, if it's in, 
if it's like, oh, we hear some army guys got blown up or something. He gives that example. Yeah. Like, people don't freak out. Like, as long as they know. As long as they know. But his point is showing as soon as people feel out of control, basically, like Harvey Dent, they will continue down this bad path. And that's kind of what he... And he says, I'm an agent of chaos in that scene. Well, and that leads to another quote from that particular scene that I liked that I think just kind of sums him up as a character. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? All right, I won't try and do it in his Joker voice, but I'm trying to do it. Do I really it. look like a, a guy, guy with, with a plan? plan? You know what I am? <laughs> I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things. You know, and I thought that kind of perfectly sums him up and his, his character of chaos. Yes, like that is what he's about bringing because the chaos brings out the worst in people. When they fill out of control, and that's the whole point of Joker. And like I said, he tragically is successful with um, with Harvey Dent. And then he tells people that he's going to keep pil- killing people. Well, this is actually before this, or yeah, before the scene with Harvey Dent. He had told people he was going to keep killing people one day at a time until they revealed who Batman was. Yeah. So he so that was him trying to break Gotham in the way of give up your hero. Right. Like, every every way you turn in this movie, he keeps trying to kill the spirit of one of the, the characters in their own way. And let's just, the whole hospital scene, him walking out of the hospital, just his walk even. Classic. Yeah. What does he say to Dent? I'm sorry. You're <laughs> just his talk, everything about it is just humorous and just... As much as you don't find what he's doing funny, you do laugh at him. Yeah. Like, he's just... You can't help it. You can't help it. And so, like we said, he's trying to feel, he's trying to prove that humans will devour each other when they feel out of control and there's chaos. And this continues to the final ending of the movie. Like I said, uh, at that point, at that point, Harvey Dent becomes Two-Face and he is killing every person that he thinks gave up Rachel and ultimately led to her death. Right. So he actually believes the Joker in a way because he continues on and and proves him right. Where Joker's big plan is he's going to prove yet again that people will devour themselves because there's two ships that are leaving the city and he's got them both rigged to explode. He's given each command or each... uh, a uh, pilot or what no you don't call them a pilot of a ship or do yeah you do Cap- captain captain yeah and you see how much i'm on a ship <laughs> and each he gives he gives each captain the detonator so these people one ship is filled with prisoners and the other ship is filled with just people of Gotham trying to get out of the city because of Joker's chaos right and he tells them he comes on and you know tells them that each one has a detonator and basically is get, trying to get them to blow each other up. Making kind of a dog-eat-dog scenario. Yes. Basically, when your life's on the line, you'll kill without thinking. Is what he's, Again, he's trying to break their spirit and prove right. that people, morals go out the window as soon as they're in a that bad situation. eat each other, like he said. Yes. And that's what he's trying to prove. And, of course, at this point, Batman tracks Joker down. And Joker's kind of shocked as these people on the boat, we see each boat discussing what they're going to do and jokers find you know both sides it's not easy to take lives yes they don't don't really want to do that now you've got some of course they're like come on let's do it as i'm true i mean that's true to life but no one had the courage to go actually push it and i think i love this movie it's so 
shows that, again, that you can't, that people, it, it gets to the fact that people, even people who have done bad things, at the end of the day can change and can choose the right thing because it finally, it's it's one of the prisoners yeah. that, that he, he takes he takes the, the detonator and throws it out the window. Kind of tricks the guy. Let him yes. think, like, I'll do it. I know you don't want the blood on your hands, so I'll do it. And then that's so, like, just kind of inspirational to the kindness of the human spirit when he just throws it out the window so it's not even an option. Yes, and that, that to me was just such a great moment because it just... That was a beautiful example of a human yes. and what the human spirit can be. And that's where Batman's like, you're wrong. Not everyone's as sick as, sick as you or whatever he says to him. Right. And of course, Joker, we find, was going to blow them both up anyways. But, yeah. but at which point, that, that doesn't happen. And the movie ends with Harvey Dent going to kill Gordon, Commissioner Gordon's family. And at which point you're just like, dude, really? Like, how have we gone this far off the cliff? Well, and I think he's an example of where pain and bitterness can take someone. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And, of course, Batman is able to save the day, but Harvey Dent, Two-Face, falls off to his death. And in order, and then again, you just see the character even of Bruce Wayne, Batman, because he knows that if Harvey Dent is shown to be what he's become, it will undo everything he's done. So he's, he tells Gordon, you know, blame me. Yeah. And uh, so the movie ends with him being chased and him having to go into hiding, basically, because he takes the blame for all the, the murders that Jim, or, or not Jim Gordon, that Harvey Dent slash Two-Face has committed. Right. So it's just, the movie, it's just, it truly is incredible. And it's it's one of those, if there's a moment you think of, oh, again, back to the shots of this movie, when Batman is in China and he's up on that very high building and just the shot of him with this cape basically soaring through the sky, yeah. going into that building. I mean, there's just so many awesome moments in this movie. Yeah. But, but to me, what makes it so long-lasting, well, it's everything. you got an incredible, yeah. incredible director, great music, incredible acting, great script that has, like, depth to it and meaning. I mean, it just all works together to make, again, what I consider the gold standard of a comic movie. Right. And it's, you know, like we said, there, there are messages underneath it. To me, that's important. In a truly great comic, that's kind of something I look for. And yes. I mean, there often is, but, you know, sometimes it's more obvious than some than others. Yes. Where this one, the movie, that's truly what's being fought over yes. is human decency. Right. I mean, that is the point of this movie, really. And that that's kind of all I've got on this movie. It's one of these movies that I will begin, once I watched it, we watched it, I keep thinking about it. Because it's thought-provoking. It is. And that's a great movie, in my opinion. Art should provo- like provoke thought and make you think. Like when we saw The Joker the first time, you know, I was thinking about it days later. Yeah. You know, it was like in my brain. And that's what good movies should do. Uh, so I, I absolutely, if that's not obvious from our talking about it, I absolutely love this movie. And the, I think the whole trilogy, this movie's on Hulu, but I think the whole trilogy's on Hulu actually right now. Nice. And so if you haven't watched it in a while, I highly recommend it. It's, yeah. Like I said, it just just a great movie in so many ways. I, I really just, like, it's the gold standard. <laughs> get, get on Hulu and watch the movie. Watch Batman. I hope I'm not freaking any of you out. I just think it's fun. <laughs> It is pretty funny. It, it he he tries. Uh, it's so low. It is it is low. And serious. And you know with that is as off as awesome as I think 
the Dark Knight trilogy is, I am super excited to see what this new installment of Batman will be. Yeah, me too. Because I think it, it will be not near as grounded as this one was, the Nolan trilogy was. But yet I think it will still be kind of dark, gritty, and, and a little more realistic. Yeah. But I think being they're shooting over in Europe, so they're using kind of a gothic-looking, uh, the buildings are, because that's how Europe is, a lot of it, because yes. it's older. I mean, where they are shooting. So I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be really neat. So I'm excited to see. Batman's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, comic character. So I'm always excited to get more Batman. So I'm I'm excited to see what what's next for Batman. A personal message I have: Let's prove the Jokers of this world wrong and in the world right now. Let's prove that we humans are decent. Uh, we are capable of love and compassion, and let's go out and be kind to people. And basically, take take a deep breath. Yes. Like, take a deep breath. When, when things do, like the whole pandemic situation, when things do feel out of control, take a deep breath, chill out. Yes. It's going to be okay. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and don't, like she said, don't prove the Joker right, but let's prove Batman right, that not all people are sick like the Joker. Yes. (laughs) So so that is it for this episode of Force Light Entertainment. And we want to thank again Podcorn for sponsoring this episode and check out podcorn.com if you have not yet. We appreciate you joining the conversation. Encourage you to check out some of our other episodes. Look for a new episode every Sunday evening. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Force of Light Entertainment on each, and I am Michelle Thirty Four Smith on each, and I am Natalie R Grace on Twitter and Nat Loves Bella O Seven on Instagram. And you can also email us at forceoflightmedia at gmail.com. We always love to hear from you. Yeah, and don't forget, you know, send in uh, any recommendations, anything like that. What did you think of this movie? We we love to have an actual conversation, know what you guys think. So just let us know and and you know don't don't feel or don't be shy. Don't to, be a stranger. Yeah, don't be a stranger. So reach out to us. We appreciate you all again and again join the conversation and next time let's talk some more movies. Bye. Bye.